Welcome to the Gay Buddhist Forum, where teachers from all schools of Buddhism offer their perspectives on the Dharma and its application in modern times, especially for LGBTQI audiences. These talks are offered freely to the world and made possible by appreciative listeners. If you would like to support our efforts to share the Dharma with underserved audiences, please visit gaybuddhist.org. There you can donate, find a list of upcoming speakers, or enjoy many hundreds of these recorded talks dating back to 1996. I wanted to actually to speak a little bit about Sangha, so I'll speak a very, very little bit about Sangha. Um, Speak more to rules. It's a little extra time. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 well, Sexad also says one instant is ten thousand years. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the, That's a C <laughs> We were uh, talking about uh, um, you know the sutras, and that's um, that's uh, Dharma. You know, that's the teachings of the Buddha, and. Uh, so becoming familiar with the sutras is like um, becoming intimate with the Dharma. You know, it's becoming intimate with the Dharma. You know, like, and um, Sangha, it's interesting that the three conditions uh, Buddhism um, has for um, practice are the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. So the, the Buddha is the Buddha, um, and in many Buddhist traditions it is, it is your particular teacher. And then the Dharma is the teachings. And then there's also the Sangha is equally important. It's a very interesting. You know, the, the community of practitioners, the commu- I call them spiritual friends, spiritual friends. And I think you know, like, uh, what we've manifested here this weekend is uh, a community of spiritual friends. You know, like, and it is in that interaction that the wisdom emerges. Wisdom emerges um, from the... Uh, uh, the interrelationship between all of us. You know, so the questions that people asked more often than not brought up points that I would not have considered. You know, like, and so I wouldn't have been able to respond to, you know, like, or other people respond to. So sangha is uh, sangha is the context in which wisdom appears. In in one sense, I believe that that's why the Buddha never wrote anything, you know, like, because the the wisdom of the Buddha appeared in relationship to the person who was asking him a question. You know, like, and so, like, uh, to go home and write, you know, write something, uh, it's it's not as, um, uh, well, let me put it to you this way. If your central insight is the interconnectedness of all things, then, uh, then you want to express that wisdom. The clearest way of expressing that wisdom is in relationship to others. You know, like, and so, uh, it, so when you read the sutras, you have this feeling. You know, this very—it's a very social feeling. There are all these people around. You know, like, and they're asking questions. Some of the questions seem very, very mundane. You know, like very mundane. Some of them seem very cerebral. You know, like. But uh, sometimes people have to ask him a question three times, and <laughs> you get this impression. It's always interpreted about, uh, you know, like uh, uh, the Buddha had a thundering silence, you know, like or something like that. But I always, uh, I like to interpret it that the question irritated him, and he finally <laughs> relented. <laughs> 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 you know, like, but uh, 
but you, you, uh, this is this is the sangha. You know, like uh, it is, it's the context um, in which wisdom in which wisdom arises. Um, uh, part of the importance of sangha is um, uh, uh, as a support group. Uh, I don't I don't mean that in a like necessarily in a psychological sense, but in the sense that most of the people. Uh, we deal with in the world are not interested in uh, spiritual awakening, or like, um, or uh, I mean, I believe that they have awareness of their suffering, but it, uh, but they don't uh, build on that awareness, or that awareness doesn't propel them into um, seeking a resolution. Um, so, from the perspective of our culture at large spiritual practice and work is a waste of time. Um, it's just, um, you know, like, uh, like people who do that are losers. <laughs> you know, like, losers in the... Ra- I mean, you know, it's, it's like I, I've said several times, you know, like if I ran for political office and I listed, you know, like that, you know, like I was a Zen monk for six years, you know, like, and, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I don't think it would, uh, you know, a few, a few votes, but I think I would lose more votes over it than, uh, than you know, like it's not going to give me a promotion at work. You know, like, and it's, it's, it's a waste of time. You know, from a from a strictly materialist perspective, it, it makes no sense. You know, like so. Um, you know, in the culture at large, you're sort of surrounded by that kind of message. And one of the things sangha does is that, um, you know, like it allows you to check in. Oh yeah, you know, like uh, um, like these other people. You know, that's um, you know, I share that. You know, like I'm not alone in that. You know, like and. Uh, and that's very important. You know, like that really uh, is very helpful. You know, like I've uh, communicated by letter uh, with a number of people who um, uh, have tried to practice in isolation. You know, like uh, there, either there's no Buddhist community around, or they weren't aware that there is a community around. And, and it, invariably, I write to them. I said. You know, I say what, what you really need to do is find a community to practice with, and and, uh, and I say even if you can't find a Buddhist community, a spiritual community of some sort, you know, like uh, is uh, very very important because a lot of um, a lot of these feelings that are generated, other people will say, oh yeah, I feel that way too, or you know, like oh yeah, you know, like um, and that that recognition uh, decreases one's sense of you know like isolation, you know, like so. The other thing I've discovered in Sangha is uh, uh, guidance, you know, like, um, uh, and, and not just from the teacher, but from, from the community, from the Sangha, you know, like, that, uh, like, oh, take a good, ex- uh, an example that comes up frequently in uh, Zen meditation or in the style of meditation that Lama Thubten uh, <coughs> was talking about. I mentioned it briefly last night, but the fact that the intellect does, does not understand the effect of um, meditation until it becomes, you know, like terribly obvious, is often interpreted by the intellect as what I call a dry spell. You know, like I'm sitting in meditation and nothing is happening. I'm not more compassionate. I'm not wiser. <laughs> you know, like I've been doing this for years. You know, like um, you know, no- nothing is going on. And the third uh, way doesn't work. 
it, right? You know, like it, do, it doesn't really work anyway. You know, like, and my back hurts, my knee hurts, and you know, there's a really good movie, you know, tonight. At the, you know, and uh, and then other people in your sangha will say, "Oh yeah, I went through that." You know, like um, yeah, I I I've experienced that. You know, like and uh, and this is what happens when you get out the other side. You know, like and you know, like that kind of information can be very valuable. You know, just hearing that someone else has gone through, you know, like um, a dry spell, and that it doesn't last forever, that it changes. <laughs> so, you know, like, um, and there are lots of uh, very uh, um, mundane or uh, common uh, experiences that uh, uh, help members of the sangha with each other, you know, like on on the spiritual path. Um, um, I think of sangha. Um, Sometimes I think of it as um, uh, it's a community of like-minded individuals, but it's um, it's not quite a family. Like it's it's something else. I'm I'm not uh, I don't really have a, a good name for it. But one of the things that emerges is um, people who have a, a long-term commitment to a spiritual practice. Um, uh, and they share that long-term commitment with others. There's a there's a growth in intimacy between those practitioners, which is really wonderful. Um, uh, there's a a woman I practiced with now. has been a member of our community for 15 years. You know, her name is Edna, and it was like a, every week we've meditated together at least once a week. And it's like I know so much about her. I mean, she's part of she's part of my life. You know, like her her child graduated from high school and then you know went to college. You know, like and I mean, this this sounds I don't know maybe this sounds um, trivial. You know, like but but the arc of her life is very is now a part of my life. You know, like and. Uh, that that happens like in a, a sangha situation. That's why I was drawing the resemblance to family. You know, like, so, you know, in family we uh, uh, know each other for a long period of time. But I think the difference is that, um, or a part of the difference is, uh, a sangha is uh, uh, more self-selected. You know, like uh, there's a um, the um, we seem to be in a situation karmically at this time where. Our family is uh, more of a problem to overcome than than a uh, than a support along you know for the journey you know like um, so I I think you know like for uh, for gay men a sangha can be that kind of context of um, community intimacy uh, that in some ways I see is missing from the gay community at large. You know, like that, it, it can it can perform it can perform that function. You know. The other thing that I like to talk uh, about on the on the sangha, and this I experienced early in my uh, um, practice at the Providence Zen Center. It's, I was I was really embarrassed. I even feel a little embarrassed talking about it now. But um, you know, like uh, uh, like and dislike mind is very strong. So the mind appeared that if. It, this community would be perfect if only that individual wasn't here. You know, individual X, you know, like that. Then everything would be fine. You know, like uh, because they're obnoxious, you know, like, and they don't really understand the practice anyway. I do. They don't. Because <laughs> like, uh, I've been there 
four months. You know, like, <laughs> but it was very strong. You know, like I really, you know, I, I could explain to people why if they would just leave, everything would be okay. You know, like then after I'd been there about a year, I uh, it wasn't individual X, it was individual Y. You know, like who was who was the problem? You know, like. <laughs> And I suddenly had this experience while I was sitting. I, I actually observed that mind that was doing that. And I realized that you know, it had nothing to do with X or Y. It had to do with my like and dislike mind. And so this sort of shifting you know, target of my uh, like and dislike mind. Um, and uh, the most frequent reason that I have observed for people leaving the Sangha is because they can't stand someone else there, who's there. And when they leave, it's like they've, uh, they've abandoned a, a wonderful opportunity to see that mind, which, which creates that situation. You know, like, I'm not saying that if there's someone you know, really abusive you know, like in a community that like, you shouldn't leave, you should you know, stick to it, you know, like, or something like that. But that's usually not the case. You know, usually it's like my case, you know, like where it's totally arbitrary and meaningless. <laughs> you know, like, and uh, Sangha gives uh, an opportunity to uh, to break through that, you know, like to to break through uh, that um, the mind's uh, ability to to create that that kind of selection and that kind of uh, isolation. It's very uh, very helpful. Traditional Sangha in Buddhism, in uh, many schools of Buddhism, means the monastic Sangha, the ordained Sangha. You know, so in Theravada Buddhism, and I believe that's also the case in Gelug uh, Buddhism, uh, that the, um, the Sangha means ordained. You know, like in other schools of Buddhism, it has a wider context. You know, like, um, and the, the division between the ordained and the non-ordained is not uh, quite so strict. Um, and it seems to me that one of the things that's happening in the West is um, a kind of reforming or re, uh, rethinking of, of what Sangha means. You know, like, and so like in, in my uh, meditation groups up in Sonoma, after the meditation, so we have very small groups. You know, like um, we go around the group, and e- every individual has a chance to share how their practice is going. Um, uh, just uh, it, the subject is the practice. You know, like it's not like uh, movie reviews or something like that. You know, like, <laughs> but um, uh, so uh, if people don't have anything to say, that's fine. <coughs> That kind of sharing is not what I observed, uh, you know, like in um, as a sangha practice in um, um, uh, Korea and Japan. But it's it's the kind of thing that I have tended to observe um, in in various groups here in the West, you know, like, uh, and I I think that it's um, uh, that reformulating of, of what Sangha means and how our spiritual friends can help each other um, on this on this path to awakening, I think that's very exciting, you know, like uh, what's happening right now. It's very fluid, you know, like uh, how much authority does the teacher have? You know, like how much authority does the Sangha have? You know, like where is the division? What is the function of the teacher in relationship to the Sangha? How much teaching does the Sangha do? 
you know, like um, you know, like the the sort of configuration of that right now is very very fluid, or at least my observation that it's very fluid in Buddhist groups in the United States, and and I think it's very um, I think it's a wonderful development, and uh, um, I think the the GBF um, has been enormously helpful to me as uh, all of you as a sangha friend, you know, like. Uh, I've learned uh, so so much at these retreats and at these talks. I've uh, learned much more than I've ever communicated to any of you. So I'd like to to end by expressing my thanks to all of you. Thank you you for listening to the Gay Buddhist Forum. If you would like to hear several new talks per month and be notified of upcoming speakers so you can participate live, Please subscribe to this podcast, like us on Facebook, and join our mailing list by visiting gaybuddhist.org.